Okay, so that concludes 20 minutes of silent meditation. I would encourage you to join me in the third step prayer with your eyes closed, keeping your eyes closed. We're going to breathe through the prayer one line at a time. And we're going to breathe in between each line and just explore what the prayer is asking us to do and what it's asking us to not do. So, first line of the prayer is the word God. So I breathe in the word God. And I take a few breaths and I call inwardly to this thing called God and I try to make contact with it right now inside of me by calling to it by the, its title, God. And I breathe out the next line of the prayer. I offer myself to thee. And I take a few breaths and I think about my commitment to that statement. Do I offer myself to God right now? And how committed am I to that offering? breathe in the next line of the prayer to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt and I take a few breaths and I think about what my higher power might want to build with me or do with me today line of the prayer. Relieve me of the bondage of self. Again, I take a few breaths and I just think about how quiet would it be if I had no bondage to self, if I had no story, no opinions, and no old ideas right now, this moment, none. Just try to catch a glimpse of the quiet, the quietness of a quiet mind. And I breathe in the next line, that I may better do thy will. Again, I take a few breaths and I think about how much better could I do God's will 
if I had a quiet, open mind. And I breathe out the next line, take away my difficulties. And I take a few breaths and I think about what have been my difficulties today, this morning. What has gotten in the way of me being the man that God would have me be today, or the woman, or the person. breathe in the next line that victories over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power thy love and thy way of life and I take a few breaths and I see myself going through the rest of my day trying to be an example of God's will and God's love and God's way of life. And I contemplate a little bit about how that might affect the people I come in contact with. Without the last line of the prayer. May I do thy will always. And I smile and I picture myself going through the day doing God's will in all my affairs. Gently open your eyes. Allow yourself to just become conscious of the seeing that's happening. Try not to do anything yet. Try not to have a story about what you're seeing and try to keep your focus on the consciousness that is seeing. Just being aware that seeing is happening. <clears throat> Excuse me. That seeing is happening. Oh, I'm seeing. God is seeing through me. Or as me. I'm breathing. And I'm conscious of seeing. And I'm conscious that I'm breathing. 
And now I'm conscious of the seat that I'm sitting in. I can feel it on my butt. And I feel the air touching my skin. Sometimes I don't want to talk because it's so quiet. And the talking is going to re-energize self if I'm not careful. If I was the listener right now, I could hear something that my mind would think, ooh, that's good. Or my mind would say, ooh, that's bad. But it would be my mind that was deciding if it was good or bad. And my mind would be instantly re-energized, coming out of this place of, wow, I can just sit and I can just breathe. And I can just be aware that seeing is happening and that breathing is happening. And I can be perfectly okay in this moment. Perfectly okay. Without any thoughts, without any thing outside of me to make this okay. So I'm Randy, I'm alcoholic. I'm allergic to alcohol. I can never, ever, ever drink alcohol successfully again, ever, today, one day at a time, forever. Because I'm allergic to it. I'm allergic to it because I drank it a lot. And the reason I drank it a lot is because I have a disease called alcoholism. It centers in my mind. It talks to me in my own voice, and it makes me restless, irritable, and discontent. And the way that it makes me restless, irritable, and discontent is because all of the talking of this mind is manifesting as an unsatisfiable, fault-finding, opinionated mind that I am identifying myself as. I am unsatisfied. That's what I say. I need something. I need a new car, I need a new job, I need a new wife, I need a new house, I need more money. I, 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 I need for me. And that need, that needy, needy disease, material Randy, alcoholic Randy with alcoholism needs all these things. And even when it gets exactly what it wants, it's not satisfied because it's not about getting the thing that's going to make me happy. It's about being a character that's never satisfied and always trying to feed that character. And alcohol was the medicine for that. Alcohol allowed me to sit and do what we just did. It allowed me to be okay in the moment I was in. It allowed me to not need anything else because it medicated me. It quieted my mind. But I can't drink alcohol anymore because I have alcoholism and because I'm also alcoholic.
because I'm allergic to it. So I can't drink alcohol anymore. It's over. So I need a treatment. I need a treatment. And the treatment is, <clears throat> it seems like it gets to the point where the treatment is sought through prayer and meditation to improve my conscious contact with God as I understood it. Praying only for knowledge of its will for me right now in this moment and the power to carry this moment out, whatever this moment is asking of me. Uh, and, and then if I do, but, but there's 12 steps and they're in an order and they need to be done in that order because in that order, they produce a result. They produce a spiritual awakening. They produce a character that could be okay in this moment, that could love this moment and be quiet in this moment and be okay in this moment, and be satisfied in this moment and be happily and usefully whole in this moment. So AA's 12 steps are a group of principles, spiritual in their nature, which if practiced right now as a way of life can expel my obsession to drink because I don't need to drink anymore because I don't need to quiet my mind and enable me, the sufferer, to become happily and usefully whole right now without anything on the outside changing. No new job, no new wife, no new car, no new amount of money in the bank, no new apartment or house. And the craziest thing is, is that this is available to me and to you and to every single person on this planet right now in this moment. It's 100% available. And the only thing keeping me from it right now is me. So my mind immediately wants to say, yeah, but what about those people in uh, Ukraine that are getting bombed right now? And all I got to do is think about, well, what about my daughter that I'm bombing right now, that I'm trying to make her bend to my will? What about that? So this same conflict that I see happening outside of me that I want to say, oh, there is no God. Look at that. I'm having that same conflict inside, in my own life, in my own environment. <clears throat> I'm blowing up my world. I'm making it impossible for my neighbors to live with me, whether they're my daughter. See, she's mine. As soon as I say mine, there's a conflict because now it's mine and I want it to act the way I want it to act because it's mine. It's not hers. She's not her own person, Sophia. No, she's my daughter. And I want her to do it my way. And so I, have, I don't have to look outside for the troubles that, that God's not helping with. God's not helping with my troubles in my own life if I don't invite it in. If I don't invite the spirit of the universe into my life right now. And if I do, there can be peace in my environment, in my world, in my life. And if I practice that, and I practice that third step prayer and I go out into the world to be an example of God's love and God's will and God's way of life and God's power, then maybe the world could be a better place. My world, the one that I live in, where I am. 
But I want to make the excuse that, well, you see, that's happening there, so there can't be a God, and then, then I can be the tyrant in my house, and I can blow up my house and blow up my life. And then when I get into enough emotional pain, I will drink again, or I will take a gun and blow my brains out. And I've seen a lot of people do that in AA, drunk and sober. Get drunk or blow their brains out, it's over. Uh, that's the bad news. The good news is, is that there is a treatment and we're talking about it. We're going to read a little bit. I'm going to get to it right now. But the, we're, we're kind of going through the big book right now. We're going through both books, the 12 and 12 and the big book simultaneously. Uh, we do the step out of the big book first and then we read it out of the 12 and 12. And evidently the second step is hidden in we agnostics. So that's what we're reading now. But, but to talk about the second step, this meeting is not about talking about the second step. This meeting is about having a spiritual awakening right now. This meeting is about having a rightly relating myself to my higher power right now so that I could be present at this meeting for whatever's said. Because I'm going to say some stuff and you're going to say some stuff. When you're saying stuff, I'm going to ask my higher power to help me hear what you're saying. Because if I don't do that, I'm going to go out. I'm going to leave the meeting mentally. I'm going to leave. My body will be here. My head will be here. But my mind will be somewhere else if I don't ask my higher power to help me stay present right now. And the way that I do that is that I admit that I'm a complete defeat at being okay right now. I'm a complete defeat at being at this meeting on my own power. I cannot be here. Mentally, I could be here physically. But I can't stay here with my mind on its own because my inner thought life is unmanageable and you're going to say something and I'm going to hear it and I'm going to get excited about it and then I'm going to go practice it and fantasize about it and leave the room and go out and do mental gymnastics with whatever it is that you said if I don't ask my higher power to help me stay here and be here and be present and hear what's being said. So I, <clears throat> in order for me to have this experience, I have to admit that I'm a complete defeat at being okay in this moment on my own power. And then I can start coming to believe right now that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity right now, which for me means just a quiet mind, that my mind could be quiet and I could be present and be sane. Wouldn't it be sane if I was a guy that came to a Zoom meeting that showed up at the meeting and turned on my camera and took the time out of my day to sit in front of this screen, wouldn't it be sane to want to be present for what's being said at the meeting, whether I'm talking or not? Wouldn't it be insane? Would it, wouldn't it be insane to set aside the time to come and turn on the computer and log into Zoom and get on this meeting and then sit here in front of the screen while you're talking and me be adding up how much money I have in the bank right now. Wouldn't that be insane? Let me tell you how many hours and hours I've spent in meetings thinking about how much money I have in the bank and not hearing a word that was said at a meeting because I am insane. <laughs> that is, And Zoom is easy because it's in my house. I used to drive... 45 minutes to an hour and a half across town to hear a man talk. 
And I would show up at that meeting and I would sit there in that chair and I couldn't hear a word he was saying and I didn't know I couldn't hear it. I didn't know. I thought the things that my mind was talking to me about were very important and that's why I had to add up how much money I had in the bank. Because obviously I was going broke at some time in the future and I better know how much money I have now so I'll be able to handle the future when it gets here and I'm broke. As if those two things have anything to do with each other. Because I'm insane. So power, could you be with me? I am insane. I need help. I need help to be present in my life in this moment. And this is the easy one. It should be easy because I chose to be here. I'm sitting here at the meeting. I chose to be here. It should be easy for me to be conscious and present and listening, but it's not. Imagine when I get in my car now and someone's cutting me off and the lights are turning green and red and they're stopping and going and decisions and all the craziness that goes out in the world and I'm still adding up how much money I have in the bank and trying to deal with all this stuff that's coming at me at light speed. And it gets more challenging to be centered and to be present and to be aware. So I think we're on page 46, the last paragraph. Does that sound right? Is somebody else, anyone else paying attention besides me who I don't pay attention? I think we're at the paragraph, much to my relief. It, if somebody could validate that, that would be awesome. If not, I'm just going to read from there. Is that where we are? Thanks, Bia. Okay, much to my relief, I discovered that I did not need to consider another's conception of God. This is the beauty of, of this 12 steps. There is no God here by name that I need to know in order to have this experience. I don't need to be Christian or Jewish or Muslim, or I don't have to have any faith, and I can be any of those faiths. And I can still come here, and I can still have my own conception of this higher power. And it's my opinion, this is my opinion, so don't just try not to hate me, but it's my opinion that if you come here with a higher power, it's oftentimes harder to lay aside the prejudices of my childhood and have an open mind to this power being just the thing that restores me to sanity than it is if I come with all the baggage. So much to my relief, I discovered I need not consider another's conception of God. You don't need mine to have this experience. You only need yours. My own conception, however inadequate, is sufficient to make the approach and to effect a contact with it. All I have to do is sought. God could and would if it were sought. As soon as I admit the possible existence of a creative intelligence, a spirit of the universe underlying the totality of things, I begin to be possessed of a new sense of power and direction, provided I took other simple steps. Uh, I, I got to go to some people's house last night that I, have, I, I don't know them. My company sent me there. And I sat down with them and I tried, uh, my job is to sell windows and, and I talked to them about windows and I sat there and I knew that there was something else going on in this uh, appointment. And so I sat there and the woman wanted to talk and she talked and 
eventually she said that her husband, who I was sitting there with, her husband was uh, off of crack cocaine for 15 years on his own power. Not his own power, he found God. But he doesn't go to meetings. But she found God on her own, and she had no understanding of God. And she found a relationship with her higher power and prayed and cried and offered herself to that higher power. And her husband got let out of prison like then, as she had this experience. And I, I got to be at this and I got to be present and I got to just sit there and I got to hear their story. And it was amazing. And the universe sent me there. I didn't choose this. I didn't, I have nothing to do with where I get sent. But I know that I'm not getting sent there all the time for Windows. They had their own concept and they had no 12 steps, but they had the power and the direction flowed into them through their sodding separately without even a, without even a 12 steps. I'm not saying I, I personally, I know I need 12 steps. I need the discipline of the 12 steps to keep me in this recovery. I need the discipline of trying to carry this message to other alcoholics so that I stay in the message for myself. I found that God does not make too hard a terms for those who seek it. It says him, I call God it. Because when I, if I read it as him or her, I immediately associate it with a human thing, a human-like qualities. When I call it it, it doesn't come with all the baggage. When I call it higher power, it doesn't come with all the God baggage. But I know that the word God just means that thing. It's the, it's the title for the thing that has all knowledge and all power. It's just easier to say God. I found that God does not make too hard a terms with those who seek it. To me, the realm of the spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding to those, to me, when I earnestly seek or sought. It's open, I believe, to every one of us, which is so amazing. We all have access to all knowledge and all power right now in this moment. That's what we all have. The only reason I don't have it is because I say so, not because of God. God does not make too hard of terms with me. It's, a, it's unbelievably easy how easy it is. I just don't want to do it. When I feel uncomfortable, I want to figure out why I feel uncomfortable. And I want to think about the problem and how to solve the problem of the thing that I think is making me uncomfortable. But the problem isn't even a problem. It's just something that my mind has made up that it says is a problem that's not real. And so if I could just stop talking to self and just turn my attention to God and say, God, here I am. Here I am. I'm here now. I'm sorry I left you. But I'm here right now. What would you do with me now? If I offered myself to you right now completely, what would you build in me, with me? What would you do with me? And if I'll do that, I could have a new experience. 
Emmett Fox talks about it as the, uh, the golden key. The golden key to being free in this moment is to stop talking about the problem. Try, stop trying to fix the problem and just put your attention on God. And every time that I do that, whatever the problem was, it disappears because it wasn't a problem. All of my troubles are of my own making. All of my troubles are of my own making, basically. And they're of my own making because they're made of me. As soon as I stop saying that's a trouble, it's no longer trouble. And now I can just, but, but I can't stop it by stopping it myself. To me, the realm of the spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding. I never have to, I never have to pay a price to my higher power. My higher power never punishes me. It never tells me, no, no, oh, I'm sorry, Randy, this one you screwed up too big. I can't help you with this. Nope, you're on your own. Never says that to me. Every time I get in enough pain that I will surrender, that I will offer myself in willingness to have this relationship with my higher power, every time that I do that, my higher power says, okay. Usually it's something stupid. Okay, come on, let's go do the dishes. Let's do some laundry. Okay, let's go pay your bills. It's the first things first that I don't want to do that are the trouble in my life most of the time. All right, we only read one paragraph today. I'm telling you now, this is not, a, this is not the Evelyn Wood speed reading course in how to get how to how to be uh sober in 12 weeks <laughs> this is <laughs> this is what the hell is this material saying that i should do today right now in my life how do i apply this and we'll get to the next paragraph when when we're ready so i'm going to stop talking now we're going to open this meeting up for sharing you could share about that paragraph you can ask a question if you want to ask a question, or you can talk about whatever you want if you feel that it's appropriate for the meeting and your recovery. And um, we record this meeting, so if you share it, we'll be recorded. Okay, so we're going to start with Johnny. Hi. Hi. Johnny, alcoholic. And uh, man, this is the best meeting I've ever been to right now. Um, There's AA is so unbelievable. They, uh, I thought I was an atheist when I got to Alcoholics Anonymous, and Randy's sponsor pointed out to me that God's not his name; it's his job. All I do all day long is a really infantile version of God's job. So I judge myself, I judge you, I do things in a hurry and do a bad job and then get frustrated at the bad job I did. 
I am terrified of people. So I am always on the offensive. And sometimes that can be kind and sometimes, but usually it's not. So this, the whole, my problems are solely of my own making because I don't know how I play God. See, ignorance of how God plays in my life and how I play God is the whole issue. It's always been the whole issue. It's the issue right now. It was the issue while Randy was talking and I was looking at my stupid little portfolio. <laughs> so this is why we have 12 steps. Four and five and six specifically are designed so that I can see exactly how I play God all in all my affairs and all of my activities. And if the truth 21 years ago or yesterday or five minutes ago was revealed to me about how many ways I need to surrender to God, my head would explode. I would have to immediately die. But God loves me so much that this gets revealed little by slowly, as Bill Galvin used to say, right? Uh, it's a million dollar program shoved up your butt one nickel at a time. <laughs> and that way it works. I get to see just a little bit of how, oh my goodness, you don't have to do that. And I get these incredible gifts of pieces of knowledge that are not coming from outside. They're already here deep within me. And what happens is they get revealed. Hmm. And I go, oh, I always knew that, but I never thought about it like that. And it's a slow change that only happens right now. And uh, thanks for your lead, Randy. That was uh Masterful, and I uh, I love listening to you. So, and uh, happy birthday to me. Thanks, Johnny. Happy birthday to you, Scott. Happy birthday, Johnny. Thank you, Randy. Scott, definitely an alcoholic mind. Hi, Scott. Uh, well, the meditation put me away for about seven minutes. I was out cold. What a challenge to come back and try to catch up with everybody else. You feel like you've missed the boat. Um, Randy, please touch upon how, two things, please. How it's more difficult if you believe in a God or a Christ to become a successful AA person. It's one thing. Another two, the second thing, earlier this week I was talking to Ron Gobins, Gobins about um, 
the closest person in my family to my brother is my cousin. He's seven years younger than I am. And I kind of get a feeling he really doesn't want to be uh, contacted or talked to. He wants to disassociate himself with the family. How would you handle that? Thanks. Uh, okay. So, first of all, it's just my opinion, because uh, I didn't come here with a lot of religion. It's just what I've seen in other people, so I have no experience. Uh, I, I, I only have my experience with my little limited Sunday school stuff that I went to at temples, and my idea of how judgmental and punishing God was, that's... And I have to overcome that every time I say the word God for many years. So that's just an opinion. I don't know anything about it. I hope you. I hope that it's not true. I hope that if you came here with a, a God and you found more deeper and it just got better for you here. Um, but the idea of it being the thing that has all knowledge and all power and not associating it with a name... And that the idea, so the idea that, that the power will restore you to sanity if you believe in it is completely different than coming to believe that a power could restore me to sanity. And so, and then as far as your family goes, I have, mm, I have to be the best man I can be and be an attraction. And if people are attracted to it, yay. If they're not, it's none of, it's none of my business. I, there's not that. You can't push string. Uh, I don't know, you know, I don't know what the story is, but I have to be the best man I can be and, and be the best brother I can be. Maybe it means writing letters, keeping in touch in a, in a non-combative way. Uh, if that's what I feel intuitively guided to do. But what I have to do is ask God, how do I handle this situation? Because it baffles me. And the promise is, is that one day I will know how to handle situations that used to baffle me. And that one day could be right now. Because I'm not going to learn it another day. This is the day. Didi. Hi, Didi. Hi, my name is Didi. I'm an alcoholic and a drug addict, and it's good to be here. Uh, I um, I like that. You know, I also like to call my 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 higher power instead of a name. And I, I used to tell the story, but I uh, remember being uh, I was maybe twelve. I was having some lustful feelings, and you know, I confessed to them, and and the priest said, you know, go say ten our fathers and. I went, you know, in front of the cross and everything, and I was like, said, one our father, and then I said, times 10, and I left. <laughs> and that was my last experience with, like, the, this sort of religion, you know, and somehow deep inside of me knew I was shame and whatever. Anyway, but that's not the story that I wanted to say. I I was thinking about you a lot. I, I, I was in Costa Rica, and I came last, last Thursday, and I was thinking about you because I, uh, on my third day there, my things got stolen. Mm. <sighs> and I lost my, my brand new laptop, my brand new camera. <laughs> Sorry. Every time I say it. 
And, uh, you know, it was my Thursday there. So, you know, it was kind of like a dream that you said, I got to wake up from this dream. But one of the things that made me sad that I had lost these photos of this beautiful bird that I took. And I heard your voice saying about, it's only a photo. <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, like I was started to think, how do I stay in the now in pain? <laughs> you know, like, how do I acknowledge the now? Anyway, so I dealt with it. I was going to come home, but I thought, you know, nobody, you know, my faith in humanity got shaken, but my faith in nature was not. <laughs> and I still believed in that. So I stayed there. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but then a friend of mine, you know, you know, like the good and the bad, a friend of mine started a GoFundMe for to get me some stuff because I'm, I am in a fixed income and all these people contributed to it. And, and I'm talking from my brand new laptop that I got. Wow. Awesome. You know? Anyway. But while I was there, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine passed away. And, and maybe that's what's making me sad. And But it's good to be here and reminding when I was doing the meditation, I was like, you know, I could have both. I could have this feeling of grief and sadness. And I could also want to see God, you know? Because my thing was before, I want to see God to get rid of these feelings, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get spiritual even if it fucking kills me, excuse my language, <laughs> you know. And I remember this guy also when I used to share, he used to say, you know, you can get off the cross, we need the wood. <laughs> because my thing was like, I got, you know, like the victim kind of like, you know. Anyway, it's good to be here. It's good to keep breathing, you know. I'm... I'm grateful I could have gotten hurt. You know, the guy in the hotel said, you know, you're lucky you didn't, you know, you could have gotten hurt, just whatever. And, uh, and I was able to still see my birds and take some more other photos with the camera I had. And Anyway, it's good to be here. It's good to be back. I can't wait to meet you guys in person. I'm, like, excited about it, like, you know, and... Uh, I can't wait for that. I can't, you know, and when, you know, I, I, I just can't wait, you know, but I'm supposed to stay in the now. So, That's right. you know, anyway, it's good to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Didi. Great to see you. Sorry about your equipment. Uh, my, my sponsor, he once invited newcomers into his house and he let them, him, he had just gotten all new furniture and, and he didn't buy it. His kids bought it for him. And he had all new furniture in his apartment and he let these guys stay with him who were newcomers. And he went to a, something, a meeting or something, and he came back and all of his stuff was gone. And uh, he says, well, I guess they needed it more than I did. And that's how he got through it. And I think that's, wow, I hope I can be that Zen when, if I lose something that's important to me. Sonia. when you can hear me um i'm sony i'm an alcoholic okay. and i didn't think i was gonna be called that quick so i was a little stunned but i wanted just two things i wanted to share is uh the first is during that meditation because you brought up uh how you know you're in a meeting and you're thinking about you know how the number in your bank account well during our meditation today <laughs> i have I, I decided i need these jeans and I'm not kidding. Like, I almost stopped meditating to go and order them. And I said, do not. Don't you 
dare do this, Sonia. And then I went through this whole thing of do not share that you were wanted to buy jeans. <laughs> right. And then I said, wait a minute. It's jeans. It's a job. It's, you know, uh, whatever, not having enough money. It really doesn't matter what it was. But fortunately, I was able to get into the now. And honestly, the importance of the jeans and my need for the jeans, like, vanished. Um, so that was just really, I mean, it's just amazing how, you know, when we get to now, all that crap is gone. Mm. It is so, it is such the answer. And then there's one other thing I've been itching to share. I'm really, as you say, Randy, I'm really excited <laughs> about it, but I want to go ahead and share it is that I've noticed when I do meditation on my own, I have found that when my mind wanders to the past, even in the same day, I feel total shame. I'm overwhelmed with shame. And then on the flip side, when my mind wanders to the future, I'm overwhelmed in fear. And I've, I've sort of been experimenting, so to say, with this. And it's really holding true on those. But of course, when I'm in the now, I'm good. But I've been wanting to share that insight I had with you guys or someone for a minute. So that's all I've gotten. Thank you, Randy, so much. So, so, so much. And everyone here who's spoken. And Didi, I'm sorry about your equipment. But it, it sounds like it's it's working out good for you. And happy birthday, Johnny. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. It's amazing how that experience of losing your equipment uh, ended up being a thing that showed you that people really love you and care about you. So I had to lose my stuff in order to be reminded that people love me. Marin, there's, it's, yeah. Marin, you're up. Hi, Marin, alcoholic addict. Hi, Marin. Happy birthday, Johnny. Everybody, thank you for being here. Thank you, Randy, for telling me about this meeting. Um, you spoke at another meeting, and I was blown away because it was exactly what I needed to hear. And I think today I got a lot out of uh, the meditation, for one, um, just how busy my mind is and how to be an observer of what I'm thinking about instead of taking it personally and going off into an emergency spiral because that's what happens to me when I'm by myself I'm not married I'm not children I'm alone and I get these thoughts and then I just go off on a crazy spiral and uh, I think if I practice this type of meditation I can stop myself and observe and maybe not act out or you know shop or you know, check my bank balance, which I do every single day. I, I, it's like checking your weight every day, which I do every other day. I'm like, call the, I call and check my bank balance every day. And I'm like so panic-stricken. Um, I just love you, Randy, because you, you, you really brought me back to my beginning. I'm 34 years sober, and I've done this spiritual thing that's kind of controversial and just bringing it back to God help me, show me what to do, help me understand this, bring me through this, you know, having a more conscious relationship with God, because I got really angry with God when I was trying to believe in a certain thing, and I'd be really violently angry at him, and I just don't want to be that way with him anymore. I want a gentler relationship with God. I don't want this big deity, you know, that I've got to create my life for i want him to be a more gentle 
kinder God. And um, just so you know, I pulled out about a thousand dollars worth of extensions out of my hair during the meditation. I mean, I don't know what's wrong with me. I just know I'm an alcoholic and I have to have a higher power and I cannot operate from self-will because if I'm in my self-will, I'm just going to just blow everything up. So yeah, I'm, I'm uh, very grateful for everybody here and glad I could do the meditation. So thanks for letting me show. Thanks, Marin. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. Laura. Hi, Laura, alcoholic. Thank you, Randy. Wonderful meeting. Happy birthday to Johnny. Um, and I'm glad you got your stuff back, Dee Dee. That's a great story. Thank you for sharing it. You know, just let go and trust. That's a, wonderful. Anyway, uh, I happened to be at the store the other day and it's kind of this she-she store, and um, I went there to get this already prepared meal, which I love, and then um, and I just decided I buy their she-she things at their she-she prices because they didn't want to go anywhere else because I'm impatient. I can't wait. And so I get there, and um, they don't have any plant butter. They only have the real butter. So I started spiraling down about that. I go to the uh, checkout, and... Um, the checkout guy told the lady in line, go to the next checker because he was dealing with this other person. And, and then I saw he was dealing with this other person. It was going to take a while. And so this guy's trying to pay through Venmo. And in between, I asked the checkout guy, do you have any plant butter? I already knew they didn't have any plant butter. I already went there. I was just trying to bug him. Look, you're store to buy plant butter. That was my agenda. And I'm like, because you're inconveniencing me. <laughs> and then um, I step back and he goes, well, you're probably going to want to go on the other line because this guy's taking a while or whatever. And, and then I, I'm like, oh, and then I look and the lady's cart is full of groceries. I don't want to go on that line. So, so then the gentleman with the Venmo says to me, look, handle her and I'll get back to you with this. So thank you, God. And I get in there and I buy my stuff and I said, let me get his too. And he goes, really? The checkout guy? And I said, yeah, let me get his too. Mm. And he was happy about that. And, um, and because I felt like crap, I felt like crap for what I did. And then later on, I noticed that I'd rather not sit there in the truth of who I was, being that person. So let me hurry up and fix it. Hmm. And so then I go home and then I get to feel good about myself. Well, that's just the same game. <laughs> so I was talking to a friend this morning about it because if I give, I get something back, you know, publicly like that. But that's why the big book tells us, you know, to do three turns and not get found out, you know. So anyway, I was glad to have that realization. And so good to be here. Thank you. Thanks, Laura. Good to see you. Atlanta. Oh, I didn't press the button. Here you go. <clears throat> Can you unmute now? Yeah. <clears throat> Hi, everyone. I am at long 
to alcoholic. Um, I something something that was said like <clears throat> sparked me a couple things, whatever, everything. Um, my relationship with like I got in trouble for sharing my relationship with God on Facebook because the way I mean, me and God are, and I'm snarky with him, and I'm sure he's snarky right back, you know. And, <clears throat> you know, I was explaining to someone like, uh, you know, like. You know, like if you read this this Christian scriptures, like one of the writers, you know, <clears throat> who some people refer to as a saint is very sarcastic. And so, you know, I'm sarcastic with, you know, like I was mad at God. I was like, God, really? Like, really? You know, like that's how we are. We're tight. Like, it's hard for me because um, I guess the word is irreverent, you know, um, <clears throat> I mean, but I, I appreciate what was said about. Like, you know, I keep following the same damn behavior. Like, every day, I have the same trigger and the same response. Even though I know I'm not supposed to do that, I know I'm supposed to, like, turn and go to God. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a substance. It's a behavior. And it's, um, I mean, it's just, it's, it's incredible to me to see myself do exactly what I know I shouldn't do. And I keep on doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know? Like, whew. I mean, there, like, I got, you know, my behavior caused me to get three hours, only three hours of sleep last night after a brutal week at work, you know? And I, you know, I mean, it has to, like, do with my phone. And, like, you know, I, I mean, it's, I was thinking, what do I do? Do I turn my phone off? Do I, you know, you know, put in airport mode? Do I put in the kitchen? Because my phone, you know... My phone allows for communication. I should, I should not be engaged in when I'm trying to sleep. You know what I'm saying? And, um, <clears throat> I mean, it's really that simple. It's, it's really, it's really, it's really, I mean, it's just, it's crazy to me how when I'm triggered, I just can't not engage. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, why is it that when somebody says something to me that I know is not true, that I have to, like, why do I, like, I know it's like, I don't need to respond to it. If the person says it, it's not true. Why do I need to respond to it? You know, because I'm being triggered. Mm. I'm being triggered by stuff from my childhood, from my mother. And mm. I thought I did all this ACA work and mm. all this therapy. And here I am, mm. you know, and I'm like, you know, and I, I don't know if it was you, Randy, or some said, you know, the, you know, the, or the most difficult person in our life is our greatest teacher. And I have, a, I have, a, I have a few of those. <laughs> so I mean, I listened to what you said. It's like, okay, like, you know, I'm supposed to go out there into that world and, like, I don't like the word example, but, like, carry God's grace with me, right? It's not about me. It's not about my ego. It's not about it, Lonson. And the beautiful thing about God is, you know what? I can restart my day at any time. So I messed up last night, messed up this morning. So what? Like, God's not going to say, oh, bad girl, like, go stand in the corner. Like, that's not the kind of God I have. It's like, God, you know what? I messed up and I need your help. And I know I'm an alcoholic and so on and so forth. And like, you know, today's meditation was so hard. My body was aching. My mind was jumping. And it was like, you know what? I just sat through it and I did it, you know, and I'm going to do it again tomorrow. So thanks. I need to come to these meetings to meditate too, because I'm not self-disciplined enough yet to do it on my own. So thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Atlanta. I need to come to these meetings to meditate also. So uh, that's why we have this meeting. <clears throat> it's for me because I'm challenged, I'm meditationally challenged. Um, I appreciate you all so much. Thank you all for coming. And that was a beautiful meeting.
and uh, I put a link, or Annie put it up, and then I copied it and pasted it. If you uh, if you could find yourself in Nashville in April, we would love you to be at the retreat with us. Uh, the more, the merrier, I'm sure. And that's it. So enjoy. We've had over 10,000 downloads of this meeting, of these meetings that I've been recording since we've been doing this. I don't even, I think it's like in the last year. We've had over 10,000 downloads of the meeting, so it's getting out there and, and people are hearing it. So keep up the good work. And um, that's it. So after a moment of silence, I will unmute us and we can do the Serenity Prayer together. So you can all unmute yourselves now. And God. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Happy birthday, Johnny.